This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, it's Annie Grace. This is a question that I got asked over email that is so dear to my heart because I have three kids of my own. And so the question is, how do we raise our children in an alcohol-soaked society? So this is the email I got. Hi, Annie, how do we raise our kids in a society that glamorizes alcohol, where it's seen as a rite of passage? When I was younger, my parents allowed me to try a bit of wine with dinner, etc. And when I was a teenager, they would allow me and my friends to have a bottle of wine in the bedroom. Alcohol was not a forbidden fruit at all. I really think that this mentality was the reason I didn't go wild when I went to college or university. I was one of the only people who didn't get blackout drunk until I... And at 38, I can count on one hand the amount of times I vomited because of alcohol. On the face of it, I had a very healthy relationship with alcohol. But in reality, I think that I just slowly grew in my tolerance level because I was an early starter. And seeing everybody out of control helped me to know my limits and stick to them. However, 20 years later, this increased tolerance is not a good thing when my kids are starting to always associate wine as mommy's drink and I know I needed to do I knew I needed to do something this naked mind has completely transformed my relationship with alcohol but I'm left wondering how I can navigate the tricky balance of making alcohol seem like the perfect way to rebel and indulge when they're old enough versus educating them about the dangers of it if the whole world is telling them it's sexy and everybody's doing that and the boring lone voice is saying well actually my voice is probably not going to be the one that's listened to. Is it just inevitable? And if so, how can, as a mother, you possibly watch your kiddos fly closer to that pitcher plant without swooping in in front of them? So, oh, this is such a good question. And so, so important. I mean, especially once we have a mind shift around alcohol and everything changes for us, we see things in a totally different lens. And my story is very similar to yours. I mean, I had people, including my mother-in-law, asking me when I stopped drinking, like, oh, you weren't the one who needed to stop. I never even really saw you drunk. Now, it didn't matter that alcohol was costing a huge amount in my life. It didn't matter that, you know, my kids would be coming over and be like, I don't want to sit on your lap because you smell funny and your teeth are purple. And all these were sorts of red flags. People didn't see me as the one who had the problem or needed to change outwardly. And so I just hit it really, really well. And I think very similar to this question, it's very much a point of tolerance that for years and years it had kind of crept up on me. So the question is, how do we, A, navigate this with our children, and B, <laughs> if they do go ahead and try alcohol, which is probably inevitable, as you know, most, most cases, people will try alcohol. I mean, the statistics show us that I think 87% of Western society has tried alcohol at one point in their life, so it's a humongous percentage, and often when people don't, it is like religious reasons or health reasons, so it's if you're not you know forbidding it from those sorts of perspectives where you actually i don't know how enforceable that is anyway but it it's really a fair chance that your children is going to try alcohol and so how do you navigate that so let's let's dig into these two things first of all i think that um it is so important to talk to our kids i know that I overthink things. I think that I have to have it perfect and I have to know exactly what to say. And if I say it wrong, I'm gonna mess it up and I'm gonna mess them up. And I actually have adopted a belief around my children. And it sounds a little bit radical when I say it, but it's really served me well because I try to filter my beliefs through the two questions, how do they make me feel and how do they make me behave? And one of the beliefs that I've adopted around my children is that I'm not gonna mess them up, that I can't mess them up. And my husband will argue, he's like, well, you could do some really horrific stuff. I was like, yeah, but I know my intention as a mother and 
I'm not going to mess it up. And the, the opposite of that belief is all kids are going to have baggage. All kids are going to have issues, you know, and it's going to be the thing that you never even realize that you may even forget. So if you just say, okay, I'm going to take some peace around this because how does that make me feel? It makes me lean into these types of conversations. It makes me unafraid to have them. And it makes me most importantly, not push them off too long. So I think it's really important to talk to your kids openly and early. I think the uh, right along that is just being really realistic, which it sounds like you are, you know, this is the reality. We do live in this very alcohol soaked society. And so I think one of the things that we can do is educate our children about not only alcohol, but about all of the things that they're bombarded with and that are sold to them as one thing, but really do another thing. Right. And so that can be anything from, you know, alcohol to high fructose corn syrup to, you know, um, social media, we, we engage with it for one result. You know, we think it's going to make us feel more connected, but actually social media often makes us feel more disconnected. I know for me, if I notice how I feel before and after I get on social media for a long period of time, I usually don't feel better after spending 45 minutes or an hour on Instagram or Facebook. That's just the reality. And so the more we can educate our kids about these things that seem to say, and society says, oh, it does this thing. You should do this thing to be really mindful of how it actually makes them feel with the little things like social media or like playing too many video games or like eating too much sugar, you can take that conversation and have them be really mindful about the bigger things when they're older and give them that frame that certain things are told to us by our friends, by our family, and you know, very influentially, even though we don't think so, by media and advertising as beneficial and they're really not. I also like to, the idea of equipping our kids with some of the tricks of the trade that um, marketers will use. And I talk a lot about this in the book, This Naked Mind, but one of those things is that they really sell something that just isn't actually attainable through the bottle. So if you look at some alcohol advertising, I mean, they're selling friendship and you can, you can just encourage your child to think critically. like are you really gonna make more friends because you're drinking? Like, how does that work? Like, let's explore that together and let them take the lead even on the conversations. You know, they're selling that you're gonna be in romantic relationships. Is that, is that really gonna be true? You know, what, so watch an ad or two and, and deconstruct it with them. Say, what, what was weird to you about that? How did that feel? You know, talk to them about the fact that alcohol is an acquired taste. You know, talk to them about the fact that by the nature of it being an acquired taste means your taste buds are getting immune to it. They are numbing down the fact that they don't don't like the taste children as a whole don't like the taste of alcohol when they first try it and then you have to acquire the taste ask them why do you think that is you know talk to them about the fact that there really isn't many other substances that I can think of outside of like known toxins and known poisons that if you drink too much of them your body will throw them up in order to save their life and I would do all this in this very non-judgmental not directed towards their behavior but in general let me open your eyes to a few of these things that happen in society you know and really educate them so be realistic I think another aspect of this and I know this is so hard but it's this level of personal vulnerability the more you will surprise and delight and forge an incredibly deep relationship with your child if you are brave enough, especially when they're of the right age, to be vulnerable with them about your story. And from not a place of trying to change them, not with expectations of trying to change them, just from a place of truly sharing 
how it was for you. You know, share the fact that your parents let you have wine and share the fact that you're now struggling with this because you don't want them to do either of these things. You know, you don't want them to either go, you know, massively rebel with alcohol or just kind of like slowly drift into being a really regular drinker and then having it cause all sorts of pain and trauma in their lives. So the more vulnerable you can be about your story, truly sharing your story, it is amazing because it's just not how we normally operate with our children. We normally are trying to be all together and we have everything figured out and we are the ones who know better. And so we are afraid to show weakness to our children, but really that level of vulnerability it opens up rapport and relationship to where when they do have questions, guess who they're gonna ask? They're gonna ask you. And I'd say an overarching principle to this is that you have to maintain relationship first. I really love um, Rob Bell. He says, number one goal for him in parenting is to keep them talking. No matter what, keep them talking. Because if they're talking to you, if they're not shutting down, if they're not shutting you out, if you're keeping them talking, and he's like, I will do anything to keep them talking. And because if they're talking to me, then who are they gonna ask? when something comes up. Who are they gonna to come to? The only chance I have of influencing my children is if they are open and willing to talk to me. And that's just the truth. And one of the ways to build that relationship is through that vulnerability, which I know can be absolutely terrifying, but it is something that over and over when people try this out and they say, you know what, I did it. I shared with my 13 year old daughter my, my story. It felt, because here's the reality, she's seeing stuff like that or way worse on television anyway or on the media anyway. So this idea of trying to protect them, um, it's, are we really, can we really? We really can't. So how can we be the influencing voice? And I think that is through openness and honesty and vulnerability and really telling your own story. Um, and of course, having all of that be built with love, like unconditional love as the foundation, then they know that you're the safe place. That's your goal. You want to be keep them talking and be the safe place. And I think really importantly is teach them to be critical. But all of this needs to happen without a level of judgment or expectation or trying to change them. Because what happens with that, if you say, you know, I never want you to drink, and then they do, they won't come to you. Why? Because they know you'll be disappointed and they will feel shame and shame will make them hide and it, they will hide it from you. And so your best chance of influencing them is to, I wouldn't be for sure, there's so much science that says, you know, children whose parents actually buy them alcohol, really it's a slippery slope. And there's all sorts of science behind that. That's again, something you can read in this naked mind, but it goes into detail about the fact that there's there's a lot of aspects of that. You know, you're actually going, the pendulum is swinging too far to the other way where they actually feel like they may need to drink in order to be adult with you. And so they can glamorize it in a way that they're trying to be uh, like you, which is what children generally want to do, at least in their younger years. And then you're saying, okay, that's by drinking. And so I would never buy children alcohol. I think the science has proven that that's a really bad idea. But on the flip side, making this open relationship where you've educated them, you've taught them to be critical, you've possibly shared with them some of these really key aspects of what alcohol does. You know, I would share with them uh, how dopamine works. And again, that's in this naked mind. I would share with them the fact that alcohol is really an unfair trade. You, It's a, both a stimulant and a depressant. And you can learn more about this in um, the alcohol experiment, the book or on my podcast, but the, 
the basic line is that alcohol will stimulate you and make you feel good for about 20 minutes before your blood alcohol starts falling and then you start to feel really uncomfortable and uneasy and you want that next drink to bring you back up so it always is bringing you up but never as far as it kicked you down it's like this downward cycle ultimately i would talk to them about the fact that you know daily drinking really can steal the brain's ability to feel joy from things that are not alcohol related because the brain is being overstimulated by the drug and so there's all of these just factoids and sciencey things that you can take from this naked mind and share with them i've done this with some of my nieces and they are i mean from the age of 11 to the age of 18 they are like sponges they love being talked to like this they love the science they love this information and they love being equipped in this really non-judgmental way to move forward into these conversations and being able to make their own decision they also though especially with my children they know that they can come to me with anything, even me. Like I am the person um, who wrote the book quote, right? On, on this stuff, my children know that if they were to go drink, I would be the place that they would come. They feel so comfortable with me because I've never done it from a place of, I expect you to be like this. I have rules for you around this. And the reason I've never done that is because rules create shame. Rules, you know, create, now, of course, there's rules that you want for a three-year-old in safety, like you can't go in the pool without an adult or something like that. But in terms of rules that probably are going to get broken, and that's back to the being, being realistic, if I was to create a, I never want to see you drink as long as you're under my roof sort of rule, and they did, I'm not going to be the one they talk to. And so again, my goal is to have this foundation of love and rapport that when and if they explore these things, they are going to be coming to me first too. And then we can deconstruct it together. I can ask them really critical questions. I can encourage their critical thinking to say, well, how did it really make you feel? Did it really do what you thought it was going to do? Have you considered this? And I can only do that when I have that foundation of rapport and love and all those sorts of things. So just to recap, I would say definitely talk to your kids, do it sooner than later. Use your own story, be as vulnerable as you possibly can. Push yourself, if you feel your comfort zone, this is too vulnerable, go further. Push yourself out of your comfort zone. Be super intentional about this conversation. At every chance you get, whether it's an advertisement on TV or a billboard, stop and say, hey, I wanna like, what about this? Do you think this? You know, give them the tools of critical thinking so that they can be really well equipped. Your job, in my opinion, and I could reframe that and say my job, in my opinion, with my children is not to tell them what to do, but to give them the thinking processes and the foundation of self-esteem and self-respect that they are able to navigate situations that I haven't even thought of. Because guess what? Our kids are already growing up in situations that I could never even have comprehended. You know, we're navigating internet and <laughs> screens and all of this stuff that just wasn't part of our childhood. And so I need to actually equip them with this foundation of open communication for them to be able to be critical thinkers, to not necessarily go with the minority. In fact, I have taught my kids that when everybody is doing something, let's talk about what that means and why the minority isn't always right or the majority is often not correct and why the minority often sees something that the majority doesn't do and a lot of us think well our kid my kid isn't ready for that you would be surprised we always underestimate how far along our children are in terms of de development because we're catching up to them they're growing faster than we are we as adults you know we're growing relatively little emotionally spiritually every year our children are catapulting so almost all the time they are ready 
for stuff that we are not yet ready to give them. So I would say again, push yourself out of your comfort zone, have that foundation of love and rapport, and really make your goal to keep them talking and keep that rapport open and be open and honest with them. And, and last of all, I would say trust yourself. You know, know your intention and trust yourself and let yourself off the hook. Be like, I'm not going to mess them up. Adopt that belief because if that belief makes you feel connected with them, not that you're going to shy away from the conversations, that you're willing to have the conversations, even if you mess them up, that will really serve you and your children well. So again, thank you so much. It was such an incredible question and I really appreciate it. Hi, I'm so excited, you guys, because we are just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you do not know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAE. That's LAE for live alcohol experiment. And here's the thing. This 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You know it's that version that's living the most joyful life, that version that doesn't need alcohol to relax, or have a good time and that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever. Again, it's a 30-day challenge. It's live. It's starting on the first. So hurry up. Go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAE. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.